Hey friends, welcome back to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kenzie Dazinski, and the amazing group of people who show up here each week are people who care about growing as individuals, doing marriage with intention, and living mutually empowered, purposeful lives. I know this because you wouldn't have showed up to an episode entitled Drop Your Defenses Part 2 if you weren't serious about having the most authentic and courageous life and marriage you can have. So thanks for showing up today. And speaking of, I received a message a few weeks ago from a listener that said, Hey, Kinsey, I found your podcast through a friend on Instagram. My husband and I celebrated our eight-year wedding anniversary yesterday, but I wanted to reach out to you about your podcast. I've been listening and just want you to know how much I'm enjoying it. They've been great refreshers for us. This last year was one of our tougher years, and with your podcast, I'm feeling renewed. Thank you for all you're doing for marriages. I mean, you guys. As I read that, I'm like choking back tears. That is what this podcast is made for. To provide conversation starters for couples, to connect in ways they may not otherwise throughout their week, and to provide helpful and practical and trustworthy information for couples. And what I've heard from many of you is that even though this podcast is aimed at helping couples in their first few years, many of you listening have been married anywhere between, oh, like one and 20 years, which is the coolest. I'm just grateful that the Lord is using it in ways that I couldn't have even anticipated. So thank you, listener, for reaching out and happy anniversary to you and your husband. Today, we are covering three more unhealthy defense mechanisms. As I said in last week's episode, there are way more than just seven, but these are the prominent ones I see and think are important to become aware of within ourselves. The four we covered last week were denial, avoidance, intellectualization slash spiritualization, and rationalization. If you haven't yet listened to that episode, I'd go back and start with that one. And know that I grouped those four together because those are the defenses that serve to preserve our egos at the expense of our spouse. The three defenses I'm addressing today, however, serve to appease our spouse at the expense of ourselves. So again, the four defense mechanisms from last week's episode serve ourselves at the expense of our spouse, and the three we're covering today serve our spouse at the expense of ourselves. And both come at the expense of our marriage, right? Because remember back in episode four when we talked about differentiated unity? Well, differentiated unity, which is what healthy marriages are made of, requires that both people in the relationship show up as their full and truest selves because oneness and unity require it. And so our defenses, whether they show up as selfish or selfless, prevent us, both of them, from growing up and moving into the marital intimacy that we desire. So, picking right up from last week, the fifth defense to drop is reaction formation. Now, reaction formation means doing the opposite of what you actually feel in a subconscious effort to please your spouse or to comply with what you think is expected of you as a husband or wife. So let's say your spouse gets home from working out while you've been cleaning and picking up the house. They kick off their shoes and they leave a trail of sweaty clothes and you begin to feel irritated, like you've just cleaned for nothing. Any moms feeling me right about now too? So, okay, back to your spouse. So he or she notices you giving them a funny look and says, oh, sorry, babe, I didn't realize you were cleaning. 
Do you want me to go pick up my clothes? And you say, No, babe, that's totally fine. I'll grab your clothes and throw them in the hamper. How was your workout? Do you want me to make you a protein shake? Do you want me to make you dinner? Okay, so how many of you identify with this one? For those of you who prefer the polite and indirect way to the direct and honest way, it seems like the kind thing to do, right? At least it feels good in the moment and consistent with the image we want to present. But it's not a kind thing to do over the long term. There's nothing kind about being dishonest and feeling out of your integrity for the sake of someone else's comfort. Over time, what this leads to is cognitive dissonance within yourself, passivity, passive aggressiveness, and eventually bitterness and resentment. Now, it's one thing to acknowledge your frustration and choose grace and love anyway. That's a completely different story, and that's the story we're aiming for, actually. But it's another thing to be so uncomfortable with your own negative feelings that you overcompensate in an effort not to be that guy or that girl. And the thing is, especially in marriage, your spouse can most likely see right through it, even if you're not aware of it yourself. I know this from experience. In the first few years of our marriage, Evan would think everything was fine because of the way I reacted in conflict, only to find out later that I actually wasn't over it after all. And what we found out was that that was just way too much unnecessary work for him trying to read between the lines. And it becomes so much easier and so much more productive when we just say what we're actually feeling, even if it takes us a moment to become aware of that. Thus, the healthy response in conflict then is to just be honest. Be honest. Even if your first instinct is to repress your negative feelings, own up to the incongruence you feel within yourself. Say something like, you know, babe, I want to say that's fine, but actually I'm kind of frustrated or having trouble with it. I literally did this this week. And then go on to express yourself because saying the hard and uncomfortable things is what actually brings us closer in a safe and loving relationship. Speaking the truth in love is always our best practice, inside and outside of marriage for that matter. The next defense to drop is personalization. In conflict, personalization is internalizing something negative about yourself and subsequently believing, feeling, and acting in self-deprecating ways. So this could be something as harmless as your spouse saying, hey, would you mind to help me out today? I'm feeling a little overwhelmed and would really appreciate it if you'd help take something off my plate. And personalization would be you responding with, I'm sorry, I know I should be a better wife or a better husband. Now, some of us get away with this and don't think twice about it, especially those of us who tend to be responsible by nature. And that's what our spouses are used to, too. But what happens is we find ourselves being over-responsible in our relationships in an effort to reduce our own anxiety, which we may or may not realize, about our partner being upset with us or not meeting our own standards. And again, to be clear with this one, what I've described is very different than humility. And you know, I think it often starts out as that, but then it morphs into making benign circumstances mean something negative about us. So we forget to do something, or we don't meet our own standards. And instead of saying to ourselves, man, I wish I'd done that differently, noted for the future, 
We say, man, I just really suck at this marriage thing. Gosh, if I weren't so selfish, I could have anticipated what they needed. And here's how you can tell if you're acting out of humility and counting your spouse as more significant than yourself, as it says in Philippians 2, or if you're personalizing. Personalization kills your self-esteem. It puts you in a one-down position and your spouse in a one-up position, whether they ask to be there or not, and it leads to the nagging thought, I'm not good enough or I'm not fill-in-the-blank enough. It leads to your saying you're sorry for things that you absolutely don't need to apologize for, whereas humility, on the other hand, leads to a healthy self-perception. It puts you in a state of mind where you're concerned with how to empower and help your partner because you value yourself. And out of your own fullness, you've learned to consider your spouse first. And the last thing true humility does is it leads to the thought, God, I'm grateful. I'm not beating myself up. I'm grateful for my spouse, for myself, and for my marriage. So using the example above where your spouse has asked you for help, the next time you find yourself apologizing for it or beating yourself up, a healthy response is to say, Gosh, babe, I didn't realize. I wish I'd been more in tune, but I'm happy to help with whatever you need. And then turn your attention toward gratitude for your spouse communicating with you in the first place and you two being better connected and on the same page as a result. Okay, the final defense to drop is passive aggression. In conflict, passive aggression looks like having an issue with something your spouse says or does, but instead of confronting them directly, you say things or don't say things, and you do things or don't do things that subtly communicate you're upset or angry without using your words to admit it. Again, this is a subconscious defense mechanism, but one that can really be detrimental to a relationship, especially if the person who is passive-aggressive doesn't take steps to overcome their fear of confrontation. And you guys, this one drives me crazy, probably because I see it in myself most of all when I'm unhealthy and unaware. Passive-aggressiveness is also a habit that couples can mutually fall into. I see this a lot in my office. It's almost like a second language for couples that oftentimes they're totally immune to and reactionless about, except it's slowly destroying their marriage. So this would look like you talking to your spouse, but you know they're half listening. And instead of saying, hey, babe, is this a good time to talk? I'm really not feeling seen or heard with you being on your phone right now. You say, great, glad you're listening. Or don't worry, I love talking to myself. Okay, so one... You're not actually saying what you mean. And two, no constructive communication is going to come from those comments. So here are some healthier alternatives to passive aggression. If you find yourself giving your spouse the silent treatment or saying passive aggressive things, as in the previous example, learn to use your words to say what you actually mean, which will always come from a more vulnerable place which will usually take more courage than reacting defensively. And just begin to become aware of what you're subconsciously communicating. If you're stomping around or slamming doors, it's because you're feeling something that needs to be communicated in a different, more constructive way. Just remember to take that 20-minute time out that we talked about in episode 10 to calm yourself. 
Now, there was a time in my life where I would have been really embarrassed to admit that these defense mechanisms are my go-to when I'm unhealthy and unaware. But thank the good Lord for His grace. Especially after a week like ours, can I get an amen, Evan Dzinski? <laughs> it's hard to escape the truth when there's someone always there holding up a mirror. And to fight that truth and hold on to my pride is just way more effort and energy than to just admit I'm wrong sometimes. Which, if I'm being honest with you, which I always will be, is a really visceral way to learn grace and relearn it, as I have this week. All right, friends, we made it. And just like last week, your action step for today is to identify which of the defense mechanisms you personally engage in. Then give yourself so much grace, because unless we learn to give ourselves grace, we'll never be able to truly give our spouses grace when they engage in their defenses. And I hope you and your spouse are able to have a great conversation about this, not in the heat of the moment, but in making time for yourselves and for each other. I know it can be hard to take such a deep look at ourselves, but I am cheering you on. I believe you can do it and that you have it in you, even if you're not sure yourself. And if you have any questions at all, feel free to email me, Kenzi, K-E-N-S-I, at bravemarriage.com. Until next week, my prayer for our marriages is that the God of peace himself would sanctify us completely, that our whole spirits and bodies would be kept blameless as we grow in our desire to turn away from destructive habits and patterns and turn toward whole and healthy habits and patterns in our relationships. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Love is not a battle Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile as it is